2: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com 247 Sports. He joins us on the Yingling Lager guest line. Let's flip over to the other side, this matchup between DJ Durkin and Mike Leach. Durkin went against this uh, offense the last two years. And last year, he really got the better of the offensive staff. Um, now, different deal, different time, so on. Will's a year older. You know, you got some other things uh, rolling for MSU. Um, but you you mentioned they're stingy in the red zone, and it's all about red zone scoring efficiency, whether it's offensive or defensive this day and age in in football, college, or NFL. So, having said all that... Uh, but they just prepped all last week for a team that ran 55 times and only threw it 19. So this is a total flip of the script for Durkin. Um, you know, how does that work in Mississippi state's favor going into this game?
3: Well, I, I do think you're right about that. There, there's not any carryover. And Jimbo Fisher said that Monday, it's two different you know, variations of the spread. You know, one, that spreads you out and runs power running game. One, that spreads you out and goes over the field. And, you know, Will Rogers, you know, that's the thing. You look back at that Ole Miss game last year. Of course, the personnel, obviously, is different. You know, Will Rogers had a good game against Ole Miss. And then you had, you know, what, a half dozen drops, three of them on one drop. He had four touchdown passes dropped, you know. And so I don't think that State goes into this thing feeling like they're overmatched in any way whatsoever. I think they feel like they can make plays against this defense. I just think, I think honestly, when you look up and down, this is not a shot at Ole Miss. I think, you know, the, the, the two deep on this A&M defense is probably a little – probably a little beefier, I guess, than what he had at Ole Miss. And so you've got a guy that runs a pretty good scheme with a little bit better personnel. So they're going to be a little bit stingier. But they they are very impressive in the red zone. And I think you know, State has been a good red zone team offensively. So that, that really may boil down to what, how this game is decided is who wins in the red zone when State has the football.
1: Yeah. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, driven by the Ram trucks at Mack Hike and Flowood. What else are you looking at? Um, you've had, uh, what What was it, a 51- or 52-yard field goal that would have been good for another 10 yards last week for Mississippi State uh, against Bowling Green. I think that got some of the fan base excited, the fact that the uh, the left foot, was it Rayburn or Rayburn? It's Rayburn. Yeah, yeah, Rayburn. I mean, that was a hell of a kick. So he's the guy now. He's the dude.
3: Yeah, I think so. You know, Massimo Biscardi helps them on kickoffs, and it's, and it's interesting you bring up special teams. I did some analysis on this last night for my own show. And they put the ball out of the end zone on kickoff returns, and so when when A.M. kicks off, they, they've allowed I believe one return this year. All right, so that neutralizes the two Griffin, Xavier and Thomas thing a little bit. You look at their punt coverage too; it's it's elite. I mean, they're, they're getting one of the, they have one of the better punters in the country. They cover those kicks; they get good hang time. So special teams play it has been you know, kind of a weapon for Mississippi State the last few weeks, in many respects kind of neutralized. And so that means this offense is going to have to drive, you know, 75 yards, you know, at times offensively. And when you have get a defense like that, I mean, that, that's a recipe for success if you're A&M, because this is an offense sometimes too that struggles uh, with consistency on offense. But uh, I think it's going to be awfully interesting to see what State does. Ben Rabin and Massimo Viscardi have kind of shown with regularity, they can put the ball out of the end zone. So you've got to do the same thing to them that they're trying to do to you, and that's limit Devin Ochain's influence in the return game. You've got to kick the ball away from them. Just kick it out of the end zone. And, I know, and listen, I know, I know it's easier said than done, but this could be a situation where the kickers play a big role in this because of the fact that I do think teams are going to struggle to score in the red zone. So you've probably got to, to kick some longer field goals. Right. And then when you go out there and have that subsequent kickoff, You can't give them plus territory. you got to go out there and put the ball at the end zone. I think in a game like this where every play and every possession matters, whoever wins a battlefield position ultimately probably wins the football
1: game. I think what you're describing is when you sign that many four- and five-star players like A&M, even though Jimbo Fisher's not a good offensive coordinator, it's almost like those elite teams are automatically, most of the time, good on special teams because they just put so many – fast athletic players out there on those units too, right? Where you see some bleed over from MSU Ole Miss and Arkansas uh, as far as playing a ton of starters on special teams and so on. Do you see where I'm going there, Steve?
3: Yeah, I do. And I think this is the importance too of uh, you know, a, a recruiting solid kickers. And that's been one of the things that's been elusive at times for Mississippi State. When, when you know that you're not going to get scored upon on a kickoff I mean, there's a lot of confidence, not just in your team, but your fan base and the atmosphere of the game. I mean, how many times have we seen it where even with, with Tula Griffin, who is one of the elite return guys in the country, when that ball settles down short of the goal line, you kind of hold your breath a little bit because you think something big is going to happen, and sometimes it does. But when you can neutralize that threat, you, you give your team a chance to win exponentially here in, in, in an incredible way. And so I think that's something, too, to really watch the game within the game is who wins on special teams between Texas A&M and Mississippi State. Because I think you and I probably would agree this game's probably going to go down to what score. Mm.
1: All right. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds show. How do you think the uh, offensive line will hold up against what A&M brings to the table as far as their defensive line? They don't have a super stud edge rusher, but they've got good players. And what do you think Durkin will try to dial up? He dial, he had Sam Williams playing at the top of his game last year. Different deal this year. What do you expect to see Durkin try to do to make Rodgers uncomfortable?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. And one thing, and I think you're right about it too. I mean, they don't have a Sam Williams, and I thought they Ole Miss really utilized him well last year, moved him around, uh, put him on that right tackle spot. Had him when the game was still in doubt on that that drive that uh, basically the, the Ole Miss defense shut State's hopes out, it was because of Sam Williams. I mean, the, the way they utilized him was huge. Now, this A&M team has not done a good job rushing the passer. And that's the thing, you go look at those numbers, it's like you, the perception is, well, these guys have recruited already four- and five-star guys, the pass rush has got to be great. It hadn't been. If memory serves me correct. They've only got, you know, I think, what, five sacks on the year. I think that's right. But they have not done a great job getting a quarterback on the ground. And so, if you're Will Rogers, you, you got to know that. But you know, I think where State has probably the ability to make some plays here is the fact that the, there's some interior defensive linemen on that Aggie defense that have been banged up, and some guys haven't been playing. And so, you got to keep Will Rogers upright. But I do think that we'll see some sneaky stuff. Uh, they have played a lot of three-man fronts. They mix it up with their coverages and play some nickel and some dumb stuff. But I expect to see some guys come off that edge. Maybe you walk a safety up. Uh, Maybe you bring a middle blitz to make Will uncomfortable, but I don't think they're going to sit back like they did last year and just let Will carve them up. Hmm. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here
2: today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
1: out of bounds 105 now the zone ESPN uh boy this one's it's beyond big because you pulled a super crappy schedule if you're MSU one all in all and then your two east teams are at Kentucky where Kentucky's not what they were you know in 1988 and you play Georgia at home so Unlike, you know, you got some other teams who have some wiggle room with their draws. Uh, it's kind of frame up. If you don't get this one, Steve, it's tough sled.
3: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that, when you look at the stretch that's coming up, this is the defining stretch in the schedule. I, I don't think anybody could argue against it. A&M at home, Arkansas at home, and you go to Kentucky, and, and Kentucky has been good at home. The state's lost there the last three trips up there. I, I think this Kentucky team is a little bit overvalued, to be quite honest with you. and It's like, how, how good are they? Because like when they beat Florida, we are like, oh, that's a loud win. And then you look at Florida since then, uh, that, that has lost a little bit of its luster. But um, you got to go take care of businesses to, to, this weekend against A&M. This is an A&M team that's not great. This is a team that's not going to score a lot of points. You get them at home. You've won five of eight in the series. And I think there's probably a lot of people in the SEC media that don't know that, which is amazing to me. You know, it's like they always, they always talk about, well, you know, it's just Mississippi State, and you look at the record against Arkansas, and you look at the record against A&M, you know, and so these, these are games that are, that are basically your contemporaries. Forget the budget at A&M. When you look at what they have done since they've joined the league, They're very comparable to Mississippi State. So you've got to go out there. You get a team that is basically a toss-up game in your own venue. You've got to go win that game. And so I don't think there's a lot of pressure on Mississippi State, but I think there is a level of urgency. They get these next two games, especially the ones at home, are going to determine if this is just an average season or a good season. If you get all three of these games, it could be a great season. Uh, But the reality of it is these next three weeks will define the season for Mississippi State. And you're in year three with Mike Leach, and so you know you go out there and you post a six and six and a seven five record. I mean, it, it's not a great thing when you consider you know, maybe a confidence level from the fan base. You go out here and you win, win these next three ball games, and all of a sudden you look up and you're six and one uh, heading down the stretch. There's going to be a lot of confidence down the stretch, but it all starts this week with A&M. You got to go win this game.
1: How concerned are you that the game could be too big? Uh, the last two big games that they've played, you uh, felt like the moment got a little too big for him, And that was the Golden Egg game last year, the LSU game in Baton Rouge. Uh, how concerned yeah. are you with that? It may not be a pattern yet, but, you know, going into the weekend against a and i A&M.
3: I'm really not this week because I think because of the fact that I think State's had some success against Texas A&M since Mike Leach has been in the league. That's true. I think true. these guys feel like we can play with these guys. You know, I think you know, you lost a couple of egg balls. Well, then, yeah, you feel like, you know what, hey, we're, we're having trouble beating these guys. You got to turn it around. So a lot of that pressure is self-imposed. And I, I think, you know, that trip to Kentucky could be one where the moment proves to be big if you're not careful because of the fact that you haven't had success on the road in Lexington. But I think because of the familiarity with the team and the fact that, you know, let's be honest, State probably should have won that game at College Station last year with a little more margin to work with. And so, I think they feel confident about that. You know, Arkansas, that's again, I think they've lost the last two, but I think everybody probably realizes that state gave both of those games away. And so I think there's a confidence level for these next two games, knowing that they can play with these guys. I think the question that like when you played LSU is you go on the road and we haven't had a lot of success there and people can say what they want to, but that, that pressure's in the room. I don't care what anybody says or does. Kids are not oblivious to the fact they haven't had a lot of success down there. And so uh, I think that proved to be a little bit big late. I think it's one of those things, too. It's like, that, like the guy that's running the half marathon. It's like you get you get a mile over your PR. As it comes to distance, you think, man, I'm really doing it. And all of a sudden, the anxiety takes over. It's, oh, my gosh, I've never run this far before. And I think that's kind of what happens in games like that. That's where your leadership's got to step up. And your seniors, and this is a veteran team. I mean, I know that a lot of these guys don't have maybe the snaps uh, that maybe you'd like to have because they're just kind of waiting their turn. But if you're Mississippi State and you look at the fact that you're one of the most experienced and older teams in this league, and Jimbo pointed that out that at 20 of State's 22 on defense are juniors or seniors, you know, so it's time for those older guys, those experienced guys, to lead this team and take a step forward as a program this year. All
1: right, we'll leave it. Th- uh, you want to give us a? I mean, I know where you're going, but uh, I know you're picking Mississippi State. Um, you want to give us a prediction?
3: Well, I would love to go stay at the Golden Moon. I haven't played golf in forever, but uh, <laughs> I know I'm eligible for this. But uh, I, I would uh, – yeah, I, I think State wins it maybe 24 to 20. Um, and that might be on the high side a little bit. I, I think if, if State can come out hot like they have the previous 3 games off offensively, they come out hot and, and all of a sudden the pressure shifts to Ole Miss and shifts I – mean, pardon me, to a and and shifts to Max Johnson – I think you might see a little more margin, but I do think it's it's going to be similar to last year's game, but probably goes down to the final possession.
1: I agree. I do think it is going to be super tight and pretty much low scoring. All right, uh, Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show, jeanspage.com, dot com two four seven sports, the Boneyard Podcast. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Um, Steve's in line with where I was. I was talking earlier in the show. You know, I expect both games to be low scoring for this day and age in the 24-21 range. And what he's... Hey, here's the deal. Can Mississippi State score throwing the ball in the red zone? Especially inside the 10 or the 5. I don't know if you can get Marks or Dylan Johnson in the end zone against a stingy, good red zone scoring efficiency, um, defensive scoring efficiency defense like A&M. That will be interesting to see and then, of course, A&M can't score. Well, I guess you're hoping they don't even get in the red zone, right? Could it be a field goal kicking day? It's supposed to be a beautiful day. I haven't checked any, you know, kind of like the wind. Going. Now, you know, you've got that storm that can, you know, affect 900 miles away as far as wind and the breeze and so on. You've got the hurricane in the Gulf. But when you're talking about lining up on the left or right hash mark, in um, a close game, whether it's in Oxford or Startville, 35, 40, 45-yard field goals. I think that's something to look at, too. Now, the weather should be perfect, but I haven't checked as far as uh, whether we'll have some wind gusts and so on. We're live in the Bank Plus studio, hour number three of the Out of Bounds show. Next.